0: can't believe it's stronger than you know. Your willpower is alone, the greatest thing I've ever known. I can't believe the perseverance that you showed. You're my hero through and through, and it's all because of you. Every day is an adventure, and it's so more than
1: enough. Thank you for tuning in this episode on how we accidentally found ourselves at a militia barbecue. It's true, we did do and find ourselves in some crazy situations, but in my opinion, this sort of takes the cake. Kim had a teacher friend um, that she would often do uh, rollerblading with or some walks. You know, they saw each other occasionally. Very, very nice lady. She was married to a man who was retired. Really nice guy. So they had invited Kim and I to join them for a barbecue one weekend. And we hadn't spent much time with them as a couple, so we thought, yeah, that'd be fun. Typical barbecue situation, should we bring anything? She said, no, no, we have everything under control. Are you sure we could bring a dessert? No, no, everything's under control. So we meet them at this uh, shopping center to leave one of the cars. We jump in their car, and we start driving, and we're heading east. East side of San Diego towards a town called Campo. I thought it was kind of far out, but, you know, Campo's not a big town. Actually, it's a really, really small town. And so uh, just thought it was different that we were coming all the way, you know, usually barbecues at the beach or at a park. uh, Didn't really know of any of that around this area. So we exit. We're just talking, you know, friendly banter back and forth, talking, talking. And we end up going off of paved road onto a dirt road. So we're on the start road going up and down, up and down, and I'm looking around, and I lived in San Diego all my life, but I'm looking around going, I have no idea where we are. No idea. And there is nothing, nothing around. So Kim and I are in the back seats together, and you know, we're holding hands, and she's sort of squeezing my hand, and I'm sort of squeezing her hand like, what is going on? So at the dirt roads kind of fork and we take one way and then they kind of fork again and we take another way and we come across this sort of fenced in but it was not like a see-through fence like but a high fence like eight feet plus tall fence with this gate blocking the street and standing there is a guy with a gun. Come and I are kind of looking at each other and the husband rolls up and rolls down his window and they're talking back and forth. All of a sudden, the gate opens. We drive through. And as we're driving in, there's like a bunch of like mobile homes. And then like, it looks like a, cu- a couple little houses and shacks and this sort of like big, like almost like a clubhouse thing. And I turn back and the gate closed behind us. So Kim and I are squeezing our hands tightly, kind of looking at each other. And I ask, uh, hey, so where are we? And they're like, oh, the barbecue is at our gun club. Well, I mean, and nothing wrong with a gun club. We had no idea our friends belonged to a gun club. Again, nothing wrong with gun clubs or guns. But uh, just kind of caught us off guard. So he parks the vehicle. We get out. And there's probably 60 plus people all around. And I'm looking around and it's not like the sort of people that we would hang out with normally. And every stereotype you can think of, we're hitting here. You know, we've got, I guess we could say redneckish, if I want to stereotype that way, people. And we've got, I mean, literally, it was just like every stereotype you can think of including ours. Two lesbians at a barbecue of this nature, which I would have never put us in. So Kim's friend has this dish she brought. It's like a casserole. We walk in this clubhouse and there's like rows and rows of table full of food. And she's like, oh, good. We got here in time. She's introducing us to people. And honestly, their names are just going through my head. I'm still sort of in shock in of the Area that we're in, the fact that there's a man at the gate with a gun, that literally everyone walking around either has a gun in a holster, has a gun strapped around their back. Again, just normally not the position that we would put ourselves in. And so she puts it down, and oh, people are lining up to get food. And she's like, and I was actually hungry. And so we start walking down. And to go along with the sort of stereotype people that we are around, goes to the fact of the almost stereotype of food that's on the table. Now, my amazing wife and I are definitely not, I would say, above average healthy eaters. We like to eat healthy. We also enjoy, you know, sweets. But for the most part, if we were at a buffet, we would 99% of the time always go for salads, vegetables, a protein. And that's just, you know, how we were. It also, too, because we're athletes, right? So, you know, you got to nurse the body. And literally, we have our paper plates in our hands, and we're walking down this line of food. Some of this food, I could even describe to you or know what it's even called, but it did not look good. And by the time we got down the first two six-foot tables, so 12 feet down on this row of food, we had not even seen one vegetable yet. Kim looked at me and said, <laughs> again, dry sense of humor. I don't think there's any vegetables here to which I nodded and said, I, I, will tend to agree with you. So we go down the second row of table, which again, we're looking and I'm sort of picking, cause you know, again, it's, we're quite obviously fish out of water. People are staring at us. Um, we clearly do not fit in and it's obvious. And so I'm picking what I could recognize to put on the plate that I would eat just so, you know, we could fit it. Kim, however, still at this point, still does not have one thing on her plate. So I'm putting stuff on her plate. She's like, I'm not eating that. I'm like, I don't care. It just look like you're going to eat it. We get down that second row and then we get to the third row, which is all sweets. and Oh my God, where the sweets, um, yeah. Again, everything you could think of that would fit that stereotype. So we sit down, and our friends get up to go talk to him. And Kim and I are looking at each other, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. How do we get out of here? And Kim's like, I have no idea, but I am scared shitless. So we're trying to, like, brainstorm as we're being stared at, obviously being stared at. Our friends are bringing people over to introduce to us. And, of course, always when we're introduced, it's like, Kim, this is Kim, this is Kim. Oh, you know, there's always, you know, a comment made about how we have the... same first same. you know we got used to that so we finish i finished picking at the food kim doesn't eat at all and i said hey i need to use the restroom Kim's like i'll go with so we're heading to the restroom trying to devise how we can get out of here now mind you we didn't drive either so how do we convince our friends we need to get out of here as we're walking to the bathrooms were which in a complete different building you know we hear gunshots going off in the back again making us a little uncomfortable we devise a plan that I, as people know from my accident, I suffer from migraines and I never know when they come. Kim's like, I need you to fake a migraine. And so, you know, our friends will take us home. So I'm like, all right. So we devised the plan I'm faking. So our friends come out and said, hey, let's play horseshoes. So we're tossing horseshoes and I'm kind of laying the foundation of, oh, sorry, I need to, my eyes are getting a little spotty. You know, I'm planting all the seeds to work up to, oh my God, I just got this major migraine, we need to go. And of course we don't go to the bathroom, we obviously just use that excuse to get out of that area. And our friends said, hey, do you guys wanna shoot some guns? And of course Kim and I look at each other, we're like, no, we're good, we're good. Well, here, let us show you the gun range. So they walk us over to this area where there's some targets and stuff, you know, on one side. There, There's these like row of guys just sort of sitting in chairs, you know, with, you know, they're having a drink and a cigarette and a gun and, and then out that it's just like open field, just open field for as far as you can see. And then there's kind of this like rickety, you know, like fence that's like missing parts and, you know, just kind of in shambles, not like a fence fence, more like, you know, wire going across poles type thing. And, uh, and our friend says, uh, Oh, that is Mexico. And we look over to the left and we said, that's like Mexico? Like, just like right there. She's like, yeah, that broken down fence thing right there is um, is Mexico. And I go, oh, okay. Did not know that. I mean, I kind of knew Mexico bordered us in that area, but like, didn't realize it came down to like a rickety fence. I said, so what are these guys doing? They said, oh, they're, they're monitoring for Mexicans. I said, I don't understand. She said, yeah, because they could just walk through. We monitor, and then boom, a gun goes off, shooting out towards the open area. And I look over, and Kim and I sort of hunched when it went off, and they're like, oh, sorry, we thought we saw someone. And I look at Kim, and Kim looks at me, and we start walking away, and I'm like, we need to find a way to leave now. We need to call 911. This is completely unacceptable. We're freaking out. Our friend catches up to us like, oh, is everything okay? And I'm like, you know what? I said, I am so sorry. I said, I uh, my eyes are spotty. I said, I'm getting dizzy. I said, my migraine's kicking in. I didn't bring men's with me uh, that I can normally take on the onset. I said, and it's getting worse. And um, you know, I need to kind of be in a dark room and a dark You know, so I can't hear or see things. And Kim's like, actually, what we need to do is leave. And she's like, I'm so sorry. This, you know, we never know when this happens, but I really need to get Kim home because, you know, her mind migraine meds are there. She's like, oh, let me talk to my husband. So he comes over and he's like, I'm so sorry. This happened. Absolutely. Let's go. So we're excited. We're like out of here. The plan, we get home, we call 911. So we get in the vehicle. We're leaving, go through the guarded gate. Driving, driving, left turn, right turns, all these dirt ward folks. And all of a sudden, I hear, uh oh, from her husband in the front seat. And we turn down. Now, I don't ever remember us going down, but he turns down, and these are one way roads. We turn down, and as Kim and I look into the right, we see it's like, it's almost like a, an empty lake bed. We go down, one way down, one way up. We go down, and he's like, okay, uh, just relax. You know, ladies, I've got this, her husband says to us. And we look over, and it's about five trucks. Again, never been in this position before, and I apologize. and stereotyping. And it was all, like, white tank tops, ripped jeans, swastika tattoos, um skid heads. big group of them so he's like i've got this don't worry so as we get to the bottom because you can't turn around we get to the bottom he starts to turn around they jump off their trucks and kind of surround the vehicle and he rolls down the window and he says hey guys i'm so sorry we missed our turn we were just at the whatever the name of the hence gun club uh was you know sorry to interrupt." I'm just going to turn around and we'll be on our way. And the guy kind of leans in and looks at his wife in the front seat and us in the back seat. And he says, well, not so fast. Kim and I are looking at our windows and there's like people peering in at our windows, right? Like again, you know, shaved head, swastika tattoos, um, just exactly fitting the stereotype that you have in your mind right now. They're knocking on the window and... uh, Kim's friend rolls down her window. He leans in and looks at Kim's friend and says, you ladies sure are pretty. And I thought, oh my God. So he, and Kim and I, I mean, Kim's nails are embedded in my skin. She's squeezing my arm and my hand so tight. So he rolls up the windows and he yells, hold on. He leans down and picks up, he had a gun right by his legs, I had no idea, picks up the gun in the one hand, spins out and starts flooring the car. We go driving fast back up the hill and as we go up the hill, he makes a turn and we hit something that stops the car. And he's like trying to get it reverse, get it forward, we're caught on something. So I jump out and he jumps out so we can see what it is. And I look down and I see them looking at us. And then all of a sudden you, you hear the noise. And that saying of you can hear a bullet go right by your head is completely true. We ha- I mean, it's like a whoosh. So then I look down and just like in the movies, dirt is like poofing up. They're shooting at us. So I jump back behind the door. He jumps back behind the door. He's like, it looks like we're caught on a rock. We're pushing the truck back and forth to get it like caught off this rock. It looks like it does. We hop in. He spins out and we drive away. Now, Campo is probably a good 40 minute drive from where we're at. From where we parked our cars. The whole drive. We were completely silent. We didn't say anything to them. They didn't see anything to us. We get to our car, they pull up, we get out, they roll down their windows. They're like, hopefully we can see you guys again soon. We said, absolutely. And we got in our cars, we got home. We called the police, told them everything that happened. Have no idea what became of it, but that is our story, how we ended up at a militia barbecue. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to the show if you like it. Recommend it to your friends who may need a laugh, some motivation, or just want to hear about our love story. You can also follow me on Instagram at the Kim's Until Death was Park. Until next time, go out and live.
0: You have fun. You have lived. You are love Can only just imagine all the stories they will tell as they sit around your table eating lunch and mission trails. Like how you peaked the tallest mountain from California to Maine, and when you conquered the canyon in a 50 mile race. of you every day is an adventure and it's all more than enough you have fun you have lived and you, you are